I know some of you, and some of you know me, but if you don't know me, my name is Kevin Korb, um, and I have been privileged to share here before at uh, various times uh, when the former pastor was here, Pastor Rick, and also Niall has invited me to speak, and it's just such a privilege to come and, and to share with you, and especially this morning to celebrate this wonderful thing called grace. You know, some years ago, some of you recognize the name C.S. Lewis. Um, he was at a place in, in London where they were having a conference on world religions, and the topic came up, what makes Christianity so different or unique as compared to the other religions of the world? And the, the people there were discussing this at length for some time, and they were t discussing um, the resurrection, and certainly Jesus rose again. But somebody brought up the point, well, there's other world religions that actually have like a myth or a fable about you know one of their gods dying and coming back to life. And so they're talking about different things, and C.S. Lewis wasn't there at the time, but then he walked into the room, and uh, he said, well, what's the, what's the commotion here? And they said, well, we're discussing what makes Christianity unique. And C.S. Lewis just said, that's easy. It's grace. Every other world religion has some kind of path or set of laws or systems of works by which you try to commend yourself or improve yourself or ingratiate yourself to God. It is Christianity alone that is based upon the grace of God, His gift to us, His reaching out to us to reconcile us to Himself in His Son. It is Jesus Christ and the grace of God in Him that gives us life and hope and not just work and struggle and trying to be good people. We know we're sinners. It's a great message. It's, a, it's something to celebrate. It's something that as we come in here and we know who we are, we know the sins of our past, we know our inclinations, we know all that stuff. God does too, by the way. But we know that we can celebrate and rejoice and praise God because He's reached out to us in His grace and He said, come to Me. Come to Me through Jesus Christ and I'll give you eternal life. Have you ever met people that seem to find a problem even with the best of news? I hope I'm not speaking to you directly if you're one of those people this morning. We had a relative in our family, and it's kind of a family joke. Um, we had a relative that seemed to find the worst in even the best circumstances. Uh, for example, some years ago, my oldest daughter needing a car, having just graduated from high school, she needed a car. She didn't have a lot of money. 
and she found in an ad a, uh, a little VW Fox that was for sale down in Pelican Lake. And so we drove down there, and at the entrance of the property was this old junker, and I said, oh, let's just turn around. This is not good. And we drove up to the house, and there was a beautiful, it was an older VW Fox, but it was in beautiful condition, and that's what was for sale, not the one by the entryway. So this gal wanted $1,000 for it. So we we test drove it, and we went out and... Uh, you know, my, my daughter said, this is great. This is a great car, and it looks good, and, and she only wants $1,000. We went back to the house, and we said, you know, we're going we're gonna to take the car. And, and this gal, she said, okay, but I'm not going to dick her on the price. She said, you can have it for 500 <laughs> My daughter's eyes lit up. She couldn't get her checkbook out fast enough. It was like, yes, okay. And she, we, we, we took this car home, and she was just elated. And, and back to the relative, my wife called the relative and told her about this car and, and what a great deal it was and, and how good it looked and how good it ran. And, and this relative, her words literally were this, that girl never could hold on to her money, could she? <laughs> and we're like, What? <laughs> yes, <clears throat> but we just chalked it up to past experience, and and it's become kind of like the family joke. Um, even in the best of circumstances, <laughs> she found a problem. That's the way it is with this whole wonderful topic of grace. I mean, grace is something to celebrate. Without grace. Folks, we're lost. We're hopeless without the grace of God in Christ Jesus. But there's always those who will find a problem with the best news in the world. And that's what we find in Scripture. Grace is the thing that sets Christianity apart from all other religions and, and it tells me in the scripture because of God's grace I can be right with God I can have a relationship with God I can have my sins forgiven I can become a child of the living creator I can become his child I can gain eternal life without tears, without sorrow, without death. I get all of that because of God's grace. Ephesians 1 says we, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We are so enriched in Christ. But still people can find a, a problem with this wonderful, wonderful gift Ephesians 2, verse 8, is up on the screen. It says, for, for by grace, by grace. And by the way, before I use that term too many more times in this message, because that's not the last time I'll be using it, the definition of grace is literally gift. 
something that we get for free. Something given to us. Gift. Grace. Charisma is a gift of grace. We are children of grace. So it's something that's free to us that we can't earn, we can't buy, we can't barter for. It's something that God gives us, not because of who we are, not because of our merit, but because of His love. Because He is a gracious God and a loving God. And Ephesians 2 says, It is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. And it's not from works. Nobody can boast. Nobody can brag, I'm religious. I don't like that word religious anyways. It it makes me think of somebody reaching out and trying to impress God. Grace is the word we should celebrate, not religion. Grace is God giving to us in His Son, Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful thing. But there's always someone who has a problem. In Luke 15, if you want to turn there, there is a story that Jesus was telling. And he was trying to make the point about how much an individual, even a sinful reprobate, means to God. How much he loves even the worst sinner. In that chapter, he talks about a parable of a lost sheep. Just one sheep that wanders off. God says, I'll go get him. In the story. There's a parable of a lost coin, but then there's this parable of the prodigal son. Many of you know the story. I'm not going to take the time to read the whole thing today. But it's just this young man basically said, Father, give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. And so he was. He left and he wasted all of the inheritance that his, his dad had given him. And, and Jesus said it was in reckless living. So you fill in the blanks. Reckless living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine came and he got hungry. And he got desperate. And he ended up even eating with the pigs. Wishing he could have what the pigs were eating. Finally, he came to his senses. He said, I'm going to at least go back to my father's place. His servants have it better off than I do. I'm going to go try to be a servant for my dad. And this is where the twist on the story came and so overwhelmed the people who were hearing it, should overwhelm us. When he comes to him, the father says, well, I want to say he arose, he came to his father And let me just start at verse 20. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. And before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. 
For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. This is the, the wonderful picture of grace that Jesus paints for us. Here's, here's a guy who blew it all. And he recognized he blew it all. He goes to his father. His father runs to him and receives him. He didn't have to. You know, in many of our families growing up, maybe in many of our families now, there would be a lot of criticism. There would be a lot of blame laid on that young man. Who do you think you are? Why? You know, you can just hear the words echoing. But here Jesus tells us, here's what my heavenly father's like. Come on back. Come to me. I'm going to bless you beyond anything that you can imagine. There's always a problem with that, though. It would be a great story. I love that story. It's about the grace of God. It would be a great story if it just stopped right there. But look at the next verses. Now, his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house... He heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. The brother was angry and refused to go in. My father is too generous. My father is too good to that useless brother of mine. He doesn't deserve it. That's one of the problems.